0: So I want to jump in today and I want to uh, begin to, well not begin, I want to continue uh, helping you, those who are new to this house, maybe new to the kingdom, maybe not, maybe you've never been here, but you go somewhere or you're thinking about going somewhere, I want to help you understand us and I want to make it real clear today, I cannot speak for every single ministry that's out there, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to the people that call the Rock of Central Florida home. So I believe that whatever word Holy Spirit gives me to minister on a Sunday morning or even in a weeknight, whatever word Holy Spirit gives me is really a focus on the people that are gathered together that call the Rock of Central Florida home. So it may not be a word for every house, but if you're watching today, it's likely that you are at least considering that this might be home for you. And I encourage you today to, to listen, to take to heart the things that you're going to hear today. Make it important to you. Don't let this be simply uh, a word, a message, a sermon. Don't let this simply be that that you take in for a few moments and then walk away from. Instead, ingest it. Ingest it in such a way that it becomes a part of your thought so that you continually, you continually Think again about what you will be hearing today. And I encourage you to get your Bible out or get out your Bible app. Uh, There's going to be a number of scriptures that I'm going to read today to help you understand what I'll be teaching. And I would like for you to follow along. Now, I'm going to be reading out of three different versions of the Bible. So unless you have a bookstore, it's probably easier for you to use the Bible app. And if you go to the Bible app and you click on events... It will take you and search us, the Rock of Central Florida. It will take you to this message, and you will be able to follow along. So we started this series, That Kingdom Thing, about three weeks ago, and the reason I'm teaching this is so that I can help anyone who has questions come to the place where they know the Ease language that gets spoken all over the world, and they never understand it. I mean, when you think about it, The words that the church uses today that make no sense at all to people who don't go to church, it's amazing that anyone ever actually does get saved. They do, and then there's this long process of trying to learn the language. We're trying to help you with that. So the first week, I taught about being saved and born again. What is the difference? What does that look like? I encourage you to listen to that. And then the second week, as I continued to teach that kingdom thing, and I begin to focus on the form and the culture of the church. What does it look like, specifically this house, the Rock of Central Florida? What is the form and the culture? Many of those things that I talked about uh, overlap with other ministries and other places, even if you're a part of a denomination. Some of what we teach would certainly overlap with that. Uh, in fact, I'm going to say this. One thing that I teach in this house that I believe to be absolutely true in every way is that there are only only three How can I say it? Three inarguable truths. No matter what denomination you are, no matter what your background is, no matter what you've ever heard, there are three inarguable truths that exist. In Scripture, out of Scripture, however, whatever makes you comfortable. And those are this, these. God is our Heavenly Father. He created us to worship Him. Two, Jesus Christ is His Son that He sent, who died on the cross. He lived, He died on the cross, and He rose again on the third day to bring us back to His Father, to bring those of us who were without God or turned away from God to bring us back to Him. Third, Holy Spirit is that part of God that causes us to be aware of His intentions for us. He teaches us. Holy Spirit teaches us all about the Father. Helps us to understand, in fact, some of what you might hear me say today. Without Holy Spirit, it would never make sense. With Holy Spirit, what at one time was a mystery becomes in your mind and in your heart very clear and understandable and relatable. So those are three inarguable truths that God is the Father, Jesus Christ is His Son, and Holy Spirit is the educator. He is the facilitator of our relationship to help us understand how to live to honor Him. And I want to help everybody understand these things as we move through this series for the next few weeks still. And then last week, Gaston Glasgow uh, taught about being joined and jointed. What does it mean to be joined to a house? What does it mean to be joined to a person? What does it mean to be joined to a ministry? And he taught on that. And then I today am continuing with this message titled, Will It Hurt? Will It Hurt? So let's begin this morning. So children often, uh, if for anybody that's a parent, you understand if you have children, there's a lot that you can expect. Children will say, there's. It used to be a show called Children Will Say the Darndest Things. And you know, that is true, that is true. Uh, children will say some of the, it's always truth and it seems to always be at the wrong time that they decide to say it. I remember one time, in fact, when I had my daughter that's getting married this afternoon. I had her with me back when I was traveling and and evangelizing and going from church to church. And I decided to take her one time. She was about 18 months old, maybe. And I decided to take her with me to this church in Jessup, Georgia. And I got to this church, and I'd been there before. So I was aware of what she felt like she needed to point out. I was already aware of it. And I hope this doesn't offend anybody if you find yourself or if you are that pastor's wife that's watching right now. But I had my daughter and I picked her up and she was sitting on the step as I preached that morning or evening, whatever it was. And when service was over, I went down and I picked her up in her little pretty dress and I'm holding her in my arm and I'm, the pastor and his wife came up to me and they were talking to me about the service and, and some people that were there that evening. Well... I noticed that my daughter suddenly became focused, literally transfixed. There was nothing else going on in her world except what her eyes were fixed upon. And the pastor's wife happened to have a mole right here on her lip. And, but I didn't know that that's what she was fixed upon. So while I'm talking to the pastor and I'm talking to, the, to his wife, and everything is going really dandy. It's just right. And then suddenly, my daughter feels the need to blurt out and, and point her finger in slow motion right to the spot, puts it right on her lip, and says, boo-boo. <laughs> my whole world stopped. But this is how children are. They will say and do the darndest thing. So with that, Children often ask a question if they're going to the doctor or they're being introduced for the first time to something new. Children will often say, Will it hurt? Because the one thing that they want to know is, I want to be safe. Nobody likes pain, and nobody likes pain less than children. So the question they ask is, Will it hurt? So as we continue the series today, that kingdom thing, I am teaching on the importance of faithfully attending a local assembly of believers, better known as, uh, in the church circles, the church. Now, we believe here at The Rock that each of us represent the church, that each of us represent that. And then together, corporately, we are a bigger church, but even when I'm outside of the building, I'm still the church. I don't stop being the church because I'm not wrapped around a bunch of people. I'm the church no matter where I go, but together we are the bigger church. So for the sake of understanding today, I'm going to go ahead and refer to the entire corporate body as the church. So To do that, um, I can tell you that there are many people when they want to come to church for the first time or they're invited, their thought is, even if their words aren't this, their thought is, will it hurt? So many times I've invited someone like many of you have and one of the first things that they will say is, I can't go in there because the roof will collapse if I walk into the building. I've been told that numerous times. And I've never seen that happen. And I've seen some pretty rough folks come in the doors and the roof has never collapsed. And, and um, our sound man is, it just raised his hand back there because I remember the day he came here. And if the roof were ever going to collapse, it would have collapsed on James Padgett. But it did not, and today he is not only a pastor, but he's about to be ordained on November the 1st, and he's faithful, he's a son, and loves Yahweh. So, for those of you that are wondering, will it collapse on you because you are a heathen and a reprobate of the third kind like he was, I promise, all will be well. You're asking, will it hurt? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe, right James? Maybe. Maybe. So let's begin and let's talk about this and let's, what I want to do is I want to help you understand when we're finished today, as simple as this message is, I want to use all of these messages and make them available for people who are just learning about what it is to be a believer. What is it? What do you do? Why do you do some of the things that you do? I want to help you with that. So we're going to jump right in this morning and I'm going to answer just a few questions today and I'm going to try to do it in an expedient manner, but I'm going to try to answer just a few questions and I'm going to begin with this one. Why do Christians gather throughout the week? So turn with me in your Bibles please to Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 in the New International Version. Again, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 in the NIV. And this is what it says. It says, "Let the wise hear." Everybody say, "Let the wise hear." I've never asked anybody if they felt like they were wise and they said no. Even if they didn't believe it in their heart, they didn't want me to believe it too. So we all want to be wise even if we think we're not. So again, it says, let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. We'll break that down in a second. So the Bible or Scripture teaches us that for our growth and development, we need to be a part of a body. It's important that we gather together because if we want to grow, wisdom is a sign of growth. It's a sign that I'm learning something. I'm, I'm becoming aware of things that I, at one time I was not aware of. Wisdom doesn't come because I read books. I talked about this some time ago. I won't confuse you with it today, but just trust me as I say this, and if you want to talk about it again later, we can. But wisdom does not come by reading books. Knowledge does. Knowledge and wisdom are not the same. Wisdom does not come because I show up at class. Knowledge does. Wisdom comes one way and one way only, and that is through what Holy Spirit teaches us. And you might ask, well, why are there wise people that do not serve the Lord? And this is the answer. Because whether you are righteous or whether you are unrighteous, within you dwells the Spirit of God. It doesn't matter who you are, because the only reason you are alive today is because the breath of God might be a single breath. I encourage you to invite more. But there is a breath of God that breathed into you, and it caused life to come into you. Well, as long as you are living, it is evidence that His breath is still there. When you stop breathing, the breath is no longer needed. You are either with Him or you are without Him. But as long as you are breathing, there is a part of you that is always connected to the Father. So wisdom comes by Holy Spirit, as I said in the beginning, that was sent to us to really teach us the things of the Father. Jesus said, it is my heart, it is my will to make known to you everything that I know about my daddy, about my heavenly father. And in order to do that, Holy Spirit is the one that brings wisdom to you and me. So I'm going to read this one more time. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. So if I want to grow and I want to develop as a believer, certainly you could always watch on the other side of that lens. And I know that there are exceptions where there are people who that's their only option. But for those who it is not your only option to be behind that lens, it is important to become a part of a body of believers so that you can grow and develop among other people and be challenged by the relationships. See, it might to some be really safe to be on the other side of that lens and to say, well, on this side of the lens, I don't worry about what people see. I don't worry about what people hear. I would be less concerned about what they see you do or hear you do And more concerned about what you see them do and what you hear them do. See, by watching them and by hearing them, each moment, each experience brings growth. Each experience will begin to develop you. Now granted, some of what you see and some of what you hear might not in any way be something of life. But even those things that are contrary to good are an education. So when we gather together and we learn from one another, and again, one of the things I love about the body of Christ is none of us are perfect, not even myself. I stand in front of this congregation every week, and I preach the gospel. And yet, while I'm preaching it, I never condemn myself because I know that I got mad at somebody that, the day before. I never say to myself, you have no right to preach because I did something I shouldn't have done on Wednesday. I am certainly not intentionally doing anything that would dishonor the Father. But if I find that I have, I quickly repent and I move on. And that causes others in this congregation to know, you know what, I'm not required to be perfect. I'm required to learn. I'm required to come to a place where I have the willingness and the passion to know God more. And what you see us do that is good, grow from it. What you see us do that doesn't add life to you, grow from that. And the only way you can watch and you can observe and you can change and be in the midst of other believers that are trying to grow like you are is to be in the midst of other believers. So he says, let the wise hear and increase in learning. It's one thing to watch on the other side of that lens whatever the preacher might be saying, whatever the songs might be that we are singing. It's one thing to say I was changed by that. But I want to tell you today, I've been on both sides. I've been on the back side of that lens and I've been on the front side of that lens in worship, in preaching, in any type of gathering that we've had. And I'm here to say to you, I have never one time ever said that when I was watching on the other side of a TV screen, There was more power in it than there was when I was gathered with a bunch of other believers. And I fed off of their passion. And I made a draw off of the anointing that was just two inches away from me. So I'm certainly not condemning for watching on the other side of that lens. What I am saying to you is thank you for watching. But two, not enough can be said about assembling together with other believers. Because it gives you an opportunity to become a part of a community or what we call in this house to become part of a family. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and then I love this part. And the one who understands, understands what? The one who understands that it's important for the wise to hear and increase in learning will obtain guidance. The one who can say, I understand how important it is to gather. I understand how important the assembly is. The one who can accept that will receive guidance that will grow them, that will mature them, and that in every way, I hope, will also challenge you. I believe that's certainly true of this house. So the first question, why do Christians gather throughout the week? I hope I answered that. It gives you an opportunity to grow and to develop among others, to watch and to see, to do what I taught in the previous series that I taught as I follow Christ. It gives you an opportunity to watch people. It, there's things that Holy Spirit can do. There are opportunities within a group of people that you cannot experience when you are alone. So when you can gather, gather. If you can't, you can't. You do the best that you can. But when you can gather, gather. The second question, is it important? Is it important? Give me some reasons why it's important for me to gather. Let's do this. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to read this out of the message, which takes two words and makes them 20. So I'm going to read this tonight out of Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 in the message. And I'm going to help you understand why it is important to gather in the church to gather with other believers in the church you will grow and i touched this a little bit on the first question but you will grow in your relationship with jesus christ in matthew 18 in the message it says when two or three of you are together because of me you can be sure that i'll be there not because of steve parker because of Christ, where two or three of you are gathered together because of Christ, you can be sure that I will be there. Now, I've heard people say before, and I may be have said that myself. I'm not sure. Um, it would be true uh, in one sense, and then in another sense, it would not be the default mode. But that statement that I've heard before is people say, "Well, if I'm with the Father and I'm with the Son and I'm with me, two or three are gathered together." Well, that's good because there's sometimes it's only you, the Father, and the in fact, there's never less than four that's with me. It's me, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. So, and I can tell you today that many times, and <clears throat> when there's no other option, that's plenty. But God did not bring people together and He did not encourage us to assemble together simply because He wanted us to look at one another's face. He knew, as I mentioned in the first question, He knew that by gathering together we draw strength from one another. We draw something from one another's anointing. You know, when I listen to our team sing up here, and when I watch them play their instruments up here, and I I can vicariously stand there and watch and sing and wish that I could sing like they did, or wish that I could play like they did, or whatever I might be uh, not envying, but living vicariously through. I can enjoy their anointing, because I can't sing like that, oh, but you do it. And I'm going to get right in there with you. And it adds life to me. And when I see them play the guitar or play the keyboard and they go off on these little riffs and have a great time, I know I can't do that. But I can watch them do that and I can pretend like it's me. i put my face on them. And really, my face looks better on some of them than it does on me. So it's a wonderful thing. I mean that in all the right ways. But it changes me. It changes me. It adds something to me. And I can tell you it will also add something to you. So he said we're two, when two or three of you are together because of me. And when we gather at the rock every Sunday morning or Thursday night or whenever we might be gathering. When we gather at the rock, we're not gathering because of us. We're not coming here because we have issues. We're not coming here because we have problems. We're not coming here because we've stubbed, over, stubbed our toe over 14 sins this week. We're gathering together because of Him. We're gathering because we've come here to worship Him. And while we're worshiping Him, everything else is taken care of. He will deal with anything that's in my life that's contrary to His word and purpose. And He'll do that for you. Gathering together, being a part of what Holy Spirit is doing in the house, it will allow Him to come and to move you and to change you and to bring healing to you, to bring forgiveness to you, whatever is necessary among other believers that will only add faith uh, to who you are. Secondly, you learn about your faith. You learn about your faith. Do I have it? Don't I? You learn how to use your faith. You learn how to exercise your faith, especially in this house because you never know when I might say to you, come and tell us what you're hearing. Come and tell us what you're seeing. And sometimes saying that is simply to encourage you, it's time for, I want you to exercise your faith. And sometimes when I've asked the question, the person being asked might not even know that they had any faith. And suddenly they have to come up with something. Because they have to believe if he's asking me to come up there, I'm I'm, going to have to say something. Something's going to happen. And every single time, I'm always amazed at what people will do, unplanned, unprepared, what faith brings up in them. It's amazing how Holy Spirit will use faith they might not even have known was there. Holy Spirit will use it. He will exercise it in them. And something powerful will come out of them and a life will be changed. So you will learn about your faith in Proverbs 11, verse 14. In the New American Standard Bible, it says this. Where there is no guidance, people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory or safety. Depends on the version you're reading. Where there is no guidance, the people will fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. I'm going to tell you something today. When you come to the body, when you come to the church, when we gather together every Sunday morning. Listen, we do it once a week. Once a week we're gathering. So it's not, it's, it's not difficult. And when we gather together and it allows you to begin to learn about your faith, I can tell you in the abundance of people that are here, that are walking in truth, and many are on the exact same journey that you are on, the same journey you're on. They're trying to find answers to questions. They're trying to find healing for pain. They're trying to find comfort for some sorrow. They're trying to see where they have not. They're trying to hear where they could not. They're walking through the same thing you are. And in truth, all of us, some of these things, there's a little bit of that going on in all of us every single week. And we come in here, but we don't come here for that. We come here again to worship Him and then He increases our faith so that those issues that we came in with, He begins to meet them. He begins to touch them. Eyes see and ears hear. Sorrow is comforted. Pain is healed. This is what He does. He causes us by being together to increase our faith. And I encourage you today, make sure it's important to you. Thirdly, you're challenged to be better. You're challenged to be better. You know, when you sit in your house, or you sit wherever you are, people don't go to church. They call themselves believers, and I know a lot of them. I know, in fact, I know a lot of people who say that they believe in God, but they can't tell you the last time they went into a church. And um, I would question whether they believe in God. It's one thing, I guess, to believe in God, and it's another thing to believe God. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's easier to say, I believe in Him... And harder to say, I believe him. Because to believe in him is almost a scapegoat for not believing him. It's almost a scapegoat for saying, okay, you said that assembling together is important, but I don't believe that's true. I believe that I can believe in you and not assemble together and still be okay. That's believing in him, but that's not believing him. And we really, is there really, is it possible to believe in him without believing him? So you're challenged when you come, when you gather together, certainly in this house, you're challenged to become better, to become a better person. You're going to hear messages every week, very different than the one you're hearing right now. You're going to hear messages, you're going to hear songs, you're going to hear things that are going to challenge you to grow in your faith, to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better parent. How can you be a better employee or employer You're going to learn the practical things of the kingdom of God that will bring change to you. And and all Yahweh wants to do is really grow you up and make you a better you. In fact, He wants to make you so much a better you, He wants you to be the you that He created you to be, not the you that you've accepted as you. So, He wants to challenge you to be better. In 1 Peter 2.5 in the NIV it says this, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Yahweh through Jesus Christ. Like living stones, you are being built into a spiritual house. You are being grown. You are becoming a better man and a better woman, a man of integrity, a man of honor, or woman of integrity, woman of honor. Next, you add something to the body of Christ. I need you. Not only do I need you, the people in this house need you. Every Sunday morning, I gather with our team. Whether they're worshiping up here, they're standing in the back. I gather with our team and we pray together. And then I ask them every week, what are you hearing? I don't ask them what are you hearing because I like to hear them talk. I do. But I ask them what are you hearing because I want to grow from what they're hearing. I want to be able to know what's Holy Spirit saying to them. And if He's talking to them... When they speak, when they play, when they sing, whatever they're doing, I'm going to be able to draw something out of them today. It's going to change me. You add something, and when you come, and you're a part of the assembly, you're bringing something with you. Your response might be, well, I don't have a lot to bring. You know, there's not much to me. I'm just learning this thing. I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Today might be the first day that you are a child of God. And I can tell you, if today's the first day and you show up here next week, you're bringing something with you. There is something in you that's going to challenge Steve Parker and the people of this house. It's going to grow us as we grow you. We serve one another as unto Christ. I serve you, you serve me with your gifts, with your anointings, with my gifts, with my anointings. And then we join those together, and together we serve Christ. So I can tell you, you add something... To the body of Christ. And the body of Christ needs you. There's a lot of work to be done. And without you, less of it happens. Everybody has an assignment. Everybody was breathed into. Everybody was sent into the earth with an assignment. And to fulfill what the Father wants to do in the earth, He needs you. You add something to the body of Christ. In Hebrews 10, 24, 25, in the message it says, Let's see how inventive, We can be in encouraging love and helping out. I love that. I love the way that says. Let's figure this out. Let's see how creative. That's a word I like. Let's see how creative we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together or assembling together as some do, but instead stirring each other, provoking, one version says, provoking one another on. Especially as we see the day of fulfillment approaching. So what does that mean? How can I creatively stir someone else up? I do that because I come in and I'm submitting myself to the anointing of God. And I come in here not knowing what He might want from me. But when I come in, I'm a willing vessel to allow Him to do anything with me that He wants to do. And somebody is going to be changed. So again... You add something. Please, don't rob me of your ingredients next week. You become something bigger than yourself. You become selfless. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 47 in the NIV, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. common what does that mean I can tell you today to say that you become selfless when you come into a body of Christ when you find a home and you are faithful in that home and you are counted on I've had people that have called the rock of central Florida home that I've been surprised when they were there or here I was more surprised when they were here than when they weren't yet they called it home I didn't necessarily call it their home they did I call it your home when I'm surprised you're gone, not when I'm surprised you're here. And I'm encouraging you today to understand that when we gather together, a selflessness begins to evolve. And anyone who comes in with a selfish mindset or a me mindset, it doesn't take long for that to give way to wanting to help one another. As you get around others and you see needs that are sitting three seats away from you, You find yourself listening to Holy Spirit that is provoking you and stirring you to help meet that need. It might be the laying on of hands. It might be helping them with food or groceries or an electric bill. It might simply be going up to them and hugging them and saying, you know what, I notice you. Whatever it is, I'm telling you today, when we gather together, it creates an opportunity for selflessness to show up in all of our lives and causes us to see a bigger picture because believe it or not the world is not about you and it's not about me instead it is about all of us redeeming the earth for the glory of God and each of us need the other in order to be able to do that and then lastly with all of this that I've talked about I want to answer this question how do I get involved So why do you come? I've told you why you would come. Now when you come, what happens then? You know, in this house, in this ministry, it changes all the time, so I'm going to mention some things tonight that uh, by the time you come, uh, or by the time you listen to this, uh, some of this might have changed. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We're always evolving for what Holy Spirit wants us to be a part of at that given time. But I want to help you get involved, especially if you're a new person and you say, you know, I just... I'm, I'm very nervous around strangers. I'm uncomfortable around people I don't know. Where would I sit? Who would I talk to? If you come here, people are going to talk to you. People are going to come to you and they're going to introduce themselves to you. They're not going to make you uncomfortable. They're going, they know. Everybody that's a part, and you will know. In time, you will know. You will grow. And you will know how to greet somebody that comes in in such a way that makes them feel welcome, makes them feel comfortable, and puts them at ease. To know that they can learn with us without feeling pressure or without being overwhelmed by so many people. So here, as we gather together, I encourage you to come, first of all, and be a part of our Sunday morning services. When we gather every Sunday morning like this one, when you come in here, everybody in this building wants to know who you are. Everybody in this building, you will matter to them. Every single person. Granted, on any given Sunday, you're not going to meet all of them, but in time, you will. And believe it or not, some of you that are watching right now, when you begin to come, you don't even know it yet, but in this house is your best friend. In this house is your husband. In this house is your wife. In this house, you will begin a legacy and a heritage will start. In this house. You don't even know it yet. But you're going to grow like that. And you'll miss all that if you're not a part of it. So come to worship services, to our Sunday morning services. We call it the living room because we do our very best to keep it simple, keep it practical, enjoy a company, enjoy our time together, keep it fluid, be unpredictable. Are we always successful at that? No. One thing that we're always successful at, though, is we always leave with a smile. We're really good at that. No matter what happened, no matter how it looked, we always leave happy. Every single one of us. I encourage you to come. Worship services every Sunday morning. Next, we have circle groups. Circle groups. We give you an opportunity to be a part of home groups that are gathered all around. We have, I think, eight of them. Eight circle groups that are all around. You can find them on the website. Go and meet somebody. They talk about what we're learning in the house, and you can go there, you can meet people, you get involved, you make new friends, you find yourself meeting people that are believers, that are like you, and what you're going to find out is the people that you once thought were so important to you, but they always led you in the wrong direction. Suddenly, as you begin to grow and mature and become selfless, you're going to find out those people, while they still might be friends, they just aren't as important as the people that are now becoming your friends, that are adding life. To you people here aren't inviting you to go places that will dishonor you or your family or your purpose and if they do tell them we're all growing so from time to time i guess maybe it's possible but we're all growing i invite you to come circle groups is a great place to meet people ministry groups we have something for absolutely everybody Everybody, ladies' ministry, men's ministry, I'm just going to run down, youth ministry, children's ministry, young adult ministry, family ministry, seniors ministry, we call that classic rock because we are. (laughs) Book club, business equipping ministry, there's something literally for everybody. Those of you that believe you're called to ministry full time, that's your life, that's what your heart and soul is, we have something for you. We encourage you to come. There's ministry groups for you to be a part of. You In all of these, you will meet people. You will grow. You, will, you literally will come alive. You will come alive. And then lastly, what I want to mention is serving groups. The kingdom is not the kingdom if people are not serving. We cannot say we are believers and not be servers. We cannot say we love God and not serve one another. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. But we serve because that's who we are. We volunteer. We offer our help. We get in there where help is needed. Why? Because we want to help people just like you that are watching right now. We have people serving today, serving right now, running this camera right now just so you can watch this, just so you can find out what we're doing. They've been working, they're tired. But you know what? They're behind that camera right now making sure that this is recorded. They're behind that soundboard making sure you can hear it. Why? Because you matter to us. They are serving with a joyful heart. They're serving with a happy heart. And there's plenty of opportunity. You come in here, we're not going to tell you to go through 16 classes. We're going to find a place for you. You come and you serve. we got ushers and greeters and nursery and children's volunteers. Uh, now, if you do that, you need a background check just want to let you know before you ask if you can do that, in case there's something you don't want us to know about. There is a background check. Missions outreach, media reception, Nations Cafe. I can, again, on and on and on. There are so many ways for you to serve. So back to the question that I asked in the beginning. Will going to a church, will it hurt? Nope, it will not hurt. In fact, not only will it not hurt, but you will find so much life in and joy in being part of a family. It will change who you are. So in this subject, on this moment, in this moment, at this time, in that kingdom thing, teaching will it hurt, I want you to know how important it is for you to gather together with other believers. Join us. Come and be a part of what the Father is doing in this house. Don't sit back and get comfortable. If You can watch Certainly there's times that's our only option. But when it's not, we need to get together. I need to rub elbows with you. I need to hear your voice. I need to look into your face and find out where you are. I need you to look into my face and find out where I'm at. I need you. I need to hear what Holy Spirit's put in you. I need you to hear what Holy Spirit's put in me. And some things that are said, some of the best things that are ever said are not said on a microphone or in front of a camera. It's said where two people are standing together having a small conversation in the middle of an aisle. So I encourage you today, understand, it will not hurt. It is absolutely painless. Now, if you have not, for some reason, been in a long time, maybe you're part of this house, there's a lot going on around us right now, you've not been here in a long time, I encourage you today to get in and start living again. You've grown comfortable watching online, get back in here. If you are interested in knowing more, I encourage you to send us a message at the Rock website. If you go to the Rock website, click on connect. Up there, there's a way for you to contact us, send us an email message. Please, please do that. We want to help you. Today, this message is specifically for you. It is to grow you. It is to let you know that this house, the Rock of Central Florida and all of its people, none of us, not one of us is better than another. And we are meeting here for you. We invite you to come. We want what God wants. And what God wants is for a people to rise up, to grow in Him, so that we can change the earth for His glory. I bless you today. I thank you for watching. I thank you for being a part. If you have questions, please let us know. Amen. Amen. Father, I lift my voice. And I pray... For the men, the women, the children, whomever might be watching or listening to this today, I lift my voice over them. And I pray that you will help each one understand how important it is to not find our place alone, but to know that you have raised up a family for all of us. Let it be according to your word. Be glorified today. Change lives today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today, 2 o'clock. The Shof wedding, my daughter Kaylee and my soon-to-be son-in-law Samuel Shof will be united in marriage. 2 p.m. Get here early. 2 o'clock it will start. Get here early. Did I say get here early? Get here early. It will start at 2. Love you. Bless you. Have a great day.